Salutation listeners and welcome back to Grinding the Mythos. We got another fun-filled adventure ahead of us here. I'm actually going to be covering one of the deities that I am rather excited to actually cover here today. So let's strap in and have some fun. So, the deity that I was talking about that I wanted to kind of cover here today is Odin, or as some other people might actually know him, Woden, or the Allfather. You pick a name, he has 170 of them, so there are definitely plenty to kind of choose from here in that aspect. Um... Some of the other ones, too, that he kind of goes from, they derive from different areas, which is actually kind of impressive since he's, you know, an old Norse god, um, the Germanic area, that type of stuff. So the Woden itself is actually from Germanic, but then he also had the old High German, which is Woten, and then the old Dutch, which is Woden, and then the old Saxon, which is Woden. And then, of course, there's the Old Norse version that most people recognize, which is Odin. And all of those actually reference back to him. Now, the other thing, too, in the research here that I did was the realms that he covers. So, he is the Allfather. He does have, you know, the, he's the father of everything, basically. He is the father of man, the father of the gods, the father of... A bunch of different areas but his actual realms that he supposedly oversaw like most gods do was the wisdom and healing which makes sense but then death war knowledge uh, sorcery he's also known to be the god of the runic alphabet so if you've seen the runes supposedly that's thankful to him um, I was just kind of a excerpt that I did read upon though and also the time frame of which he actually was known for. So the early records of Odin himself were recorded as early as 2 BCE, um, which is the, basically during the Roman occupation of regions of Germania. And then he actually did last through 11th century, which was the Viking Age area. And then there was actually some 19th century people that did still follow a lot of the, um, I guess you can say rituals of it, such as like leaving a sheaf out in the field for his horse, um, and that sort of stuff. Now, on top of that, I mean, with the Woden and everything, he also does have a day named after him. A lot of people who know about Odin most likely know about this as well, but uh, Wednesday actually comes from the Germanic language area um, and bears his name and origin. So uh, Woden's Day was what it actually is considered. So that is kind of an interesting thing in that sense. Now, one thing to know about Odin that I did end up researching on was that he loves knowledge. 
down to the point where there's actually some tales out there in regards to ways that he actually obtained this knowledge. One of them was the Spring of Mimir, um, which essentially, it's a very short tale, but he ended up wanting the knowledge of the spring, which was watched over, guarded by the... I think he was a deity, but his name was Mimir. And basically, he kept denying him access to the water until one day, basically, they, they, they struck up a deal. And in exchange for the drink from the water, Odin gave up an eye. So that is why he became the one-eyed god is he used it essentially to receive that knowledge that the water would allow for him. And Mimir was actually supposed to be considered the most knowledgeable individual, and we'll actually reference a thing with him later on, too, in regards to Odin as well. Um, another event that he actually used for knowledge, this is how much he really loved knowledge, apparently, was the tale of the hanging or the binding to Yiddersil, which is the tree of life, or the, yeah, the life tree that all things come from. Um, he basically bound himself there for nine days with no water, no food. Some things do say that he also had a spear in his side in regards to basically being, like, pained. And what the purpose was was supposed to essentially bring him close to death so much so that he would be able to get the knowledge that would be obtained from that. Uh, on the ninth day, he ended up seeing essentially nine different runes that he latched onto, grabbed them, and brought them back, giving him the knowledge of those nine runes that allowed him to, well, essentially just have that knowledge. So that's another way that he obtained it. So as you can tell, he really enjoys knowledge. He really enjoys the search for knowledge. And the other thing, too, that he would do, because he also likes to keep his eyes on everything, is disguise himself as a god or a man and travel along, along the realms, because he oversaw all nine realms of the life tree. I forget my notes here, but I forget what it was that all the realms are called. There are a lot of them. There are nine. <laughs> um, but yeah, he would disguise himself and basically wander around there. Now, the funny thing about it is he's easily or distinguished because he has one eye. So they would see essentially like in the realm of men, he would usually dress with a large brimmed hat or hooded cloak and walk around with a staff. And then, you know, people would end up easily being able to actually pick him out because he was the only person really with only one eye and a large white beard so they automatically would know that that was Odin which was awe-inspiring for a lot of individuals with you know their god walking amongst them um it was definitely one of those impressive things now kind of going into the war side of him obviously everybody knows that the Norse gods they have a very great history in war now, he oversaw all of this, and there was actually one point where he advised Freya, who was the goddess of fertility, and yeah, I think she's just the goddess of fertility, didn't look too much into her, 
we might cover in a future episode. But he advised Freya to have essentially two kings to fight that would cause a battle, battlefield upon battlefield, which would have a lot of bloodshed, lives lost, everything of that nature. But in the end, it was driving for essentially raising an army of, what is their name, Einharja? I might have messed up that pronunciation. Um, but they're basically the soldiers that would live in Valhalla. Now, if you don't know too much about Norse mythology, the whole purpose of being a soldier was to essentially die in battle so that way you could go to Valhalla and drink with them until the day of Ragnarok when you would fight the final fight. Um, that was what everybody basically lived to. It was their afterlife. They highly sought it. So dying in battle was a great thing. And this battle that he caused between the two kings was essentially, I guess you can say it was a soldier campaign. He was trying to get soldiers to die and go to Valhalla for him. Um, in the end, the king that he actually favored throughout the whole fights, uh, he actually ended up being the charioteer for him and drove him to his death, causing him to die as well, which put him there as well. So he definitely is an interesting individual. He gave and would take as quickly as he would give. So merciful or not, that's to be determined there. Um, another one too that I stumbled upon was the creation of the world of men based off of this. I found this one actually rather interesting with him because I've never really heard of about it myself unless, you know, I researched into it. But it was essentially him and his brothers, Vili and Vey, um, carved from the flesh of the frost giant Ymir. I think he might have actually been a Jotun. I did not mark that down in my notes here. Um, but they carved from his flesh the world of men and created essentially our life so we come from a giant that was carved from Odin and his brothers um, which he actually did have some his father was Bor and grandfather was Buri so he wasn't necessarily like the all-father in the sense of the high and mighty person there was actually people still above him for gods it's just they did not really oversee anything. They just were there. Um, and then the other one, too, that I found interesting. So kind of touching base into some of the items that he also had, too, was his horse, Schlipnir. Um, he also had the ravens, which I would really love to have these ravens. <laughs> they would be useful. It was Hunin, or Haunin, Haunin and Maunin were the, the ravens. Now, Haunin is thought, and Maunin is memory. And essentially, they were the eyes and spies, I guess you can say, of Odin himself. They would literally, anything they saw, they would whisper back to him, letting him know of the events that were going on, what was happening. He was able to keep his ears and eyes essentially to the worlds and know what happened in all of the planes. Um, now, touching base on the planes a little bit, I didn't take too many notes of those, but next episode I think I actually will cover the nine planes here, so there's at least another 
added piece to it. But he basically, he literally was the god of all of those. He saw over everything in those realms. Some of them were like Jotunheim. Um, we were... I think ours is Niflheim. I might be incorrect, but I will definitely look it up for the next episode here. Um, now, kind of bringing this all to an end. So, with all this knowledge and Hounin and Maunin and the gods and everything that he had, this is how serious the end of the of his time essentially was, and that is Ragnarok. With all that knowledge, he still did not even see it coming. He essentially, in the end, was caught off guard as they stormed the Bifrost, which is the rainbow bridge that led to uh, Asgard, as everybody knows. Um, and it took him by surprise. So in a, in a flurry, basically, he actually went and consulted the head of Mimir, as we mentioned before, who was very knowledgeable and he consulted the head as to what to do. Basically, they didn't really say as to what Mimir advised, but he does partake in the battle. And with him and his Einharjar, I keep messing that one up, but with them following behind or by his side, he essentially went and fought the final fight here. Now, Odin himself, he actually goes and fights with Fenrir, which is a giant wolf, essentially, is what he's usually portrayed as. He fought with Fenrir, and in the battle, Fenrir ends up actually swallowing him whole, which the only one that actually was able to take notice of this was his son, Vidar, who ended up killing Fenrir by climbing. He used his boot to essentially stop him from chewing on him, climbed into his mouth, and then stabbed him in the back of the throat. So he did get vengeance for his father, but that is the end of Odin and how he died. So, pretty interesting tale. Never really heard of, you know, a lot of this myself here. But on the next episode, you know, we'll definitely go more into the realms themselves. We'll take notice as to, essentially, media that he's in, because I have some fun ones that I really want to cover with y'all. And go in-depth as to the portrayal of Odin and how accurate and such that it is from here. Just as, you know, we're what we do here in Grinding the Mythos. So look forward to that. Um, as always, if you end up wanting to, you know, enter discussions, get to know more about myself or anyone else, you know, look at joining the Facebook group, Grinding the Mythos. I would be more than happy to go ahead and add anybody that wants to follow this. And if you wish to support, I do have a Patreon out there, and I do have the link also on Grinding the Mythos. Otherwise, you can definitely get it off of this site as well, too. As always, definitely was a fun adventure with y'all, and you take care. All right, see you next time.